This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there, grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes from the dungeon. <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> Homie's basement. <laughs> yeah. My wife mentioned that we, I should put the nice backdrop we have up. 
However, I got kids and shit, so it I got to take it up and down every week. And yeah. I'm not I'm not about that life right now. I'm <laughs> yeah. too busy. I don't blame you there. <laughs> Well, we got Cody coming on here on the Zoom call with us. We're going to blast through this intro for the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show. We'll start off with Last Breath TV. Guys, it is like here. here. It's almost here. Yeah, it's like here right now. We're so on the edge. If We're you on the edge. are ready to go to the launch party, let us know. And if you can't make it, um, you guys can always watch their content on YouTube. It will be posted afterwards. But if you guys are into hand fishing or deer hunting or mule deer or antelope or they got a little bit of everything on there so check them out on youtube do you have exodus this week yeah guys velvet fest is coming up and we talked with jake last week and we got some inside details after the podcast about the their upcoming velvet fest we're gonna have more details coming forward here in the next couple weeks so stay tuned for that uh this year is gonna be pretty cool they got some pretty cool cameras <clears throat> add-ons to the cameras coming with that and uh very excited for velvet fest something that they've pushed back later in the year this year to accommodate and get more content and people to be able to send in their pics and stuff so very excited for that and um we're gonna hopefully be able to send in some of ours and maybe maybe get some uh <clears throat> good deals out of it here yeah there's gonna be some some people getting some hella good deals out of it <laughs> yeah so. yeah all right do you have the bow hunting league yes guys uh bow hunting league biggest free deer hunting league contest going on and it's you and two other buddies not necessarily got to be in your state um get in there and get to uh, collaborate with other guys, trade a hunt. If, uh, if you get in there and you can ask for, Hey, I need, I need somebody to be on my team and you can definitely do that. And these guys in there are, um, awesome to be in there and, and swap hunts and go back and forth like that. So if you want to step outside your comfort zone, you can do that over $53,000 in prizes. And, uh, you can get your team signed up at bowhuntingleague.com. All right. After some zoom, communication <laughs> issues <laughs> we've been doing zoom and it's it's a hell of a struggle over here but we're making it happen we got cody slyke on tonight how you doing tonight man awesome man awesome i appreciate you having me on how yeah. you guys doing appreciate you coming on man i'm excited to chit chat with you me and you were on instagram sending pictures back and forth and got to talking a while months ago last is about almost yeah. a year ago oh really yeah man and i was like I was like, man, we got to have you on just because you had a lot of knowledge and you're chasing this buck. And I was like, man, we got to have him on and finally making it happen. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Well, just for our listeners, let them know a little bit about yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just a, just a Ohio boy here. I was born and raised southern southern Pickway County. Uh, it's, it, I'm in farm country here, but uh, I'm kind of right on the fringe. Hills ain't too far away, so big woods and stuff. So. You know, I got about a half hour drive and I'm in the I'm in the big woods hunting deer. So I uh, grew up most of my life hunting hunting the big woods. I've hunted a lot of farm country too, but the big woods just really where my heart lies. Uh, I just like chasing them mountain bucks around. Nice. Yeah, we I was driving yeah. through West Virginia a few weeks ago and I was like Ain't no way I'm going to kill a deer out in this shit. Cause <laughs> this is confusing as hell to me right now. I don't even know where to start. So we wanted to have you on. We have some big woods listeners, you know, that are hunting the kind of the same terrain. And, uh, you know, first off, it, it's trail cam season right now. So picking a spot for a trail cam and actually getting the pictures. And you had a ton of pictures you were sharing with me of giant bucks. So um, let's go, go ahead and kind of run down 
what the area looks like that you're hunting and then go ahead and go into you know wherever you're putting your cams at and kind of break that down yeah well i hunt several different uh public parcels but i would say about 80 percent of what i hunt is just strictly big woods no agriculture um and the main thing i i do is uh you know i'm I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to look get in and look for specific bug beds. So, you know, I, most of my cameras are within 100 yards of a, of a bug bed I found. I mean, that's where I'm getting most of the pictures. But a lot of the, um, a lot of the, um, like, creek crossings, water crossings uh, in hill country, I've had a lot of luck getting uh, pictures of buck. It's kind of a, I guess there would be a, you could imagine like a, a stream or a creek in between bedding and a food source. So I'll pick up a lot of deer because there's only so many places they can cross uh, water in hill country because of steep banks and that sort of thing. So I get a lot of good pictures on uh, water crossings. So that I, you know, I, I just walk up and down the creek, find a main crossing and drop a cam on it. So that's kind of kind of where I get a lot of my uh, summertime picks is down in those creek bottoms nice so you, you're finding well, these beds are you finding them are you finding them and using them from like past history or is this like the most recent scouting that you're finding and then you're hanging the cams or how are you going about that now um you know i do a lot of i, I scout pretty much year round um but as far as you know I just try to take my best guess. I can find a deer bed, and I can tell it hasn't been used in a while, but a buck has lived there at some point. But I'll still drop a cam on it just to find out. Because, uh, I mean, I've probably got, I don't know, 50, 60 pins dropped on bug beds, and, you know, I can't even remember half of I don't take notes or anything. I just try to keep it all in my head. So it gets kind of kind of confusing at times for me, but... Uh, yeah, I just, I drop, you know, find the buck beds, uh, new or old, and I'll drop a cam on it just to get some inventory, whether, you know, if I leave it, leave it hang all season or uh, I usually check a couple times before season comes in, check my cameras. Um, but, you know, even if, even if, uh, like I'll go in in September, check my cameras, if, even if it doesn't produce, I'll just leave it there to collect the inventory for the following year just to see what, what time of the year the bucks are using that using that area. Yeah, that's a great tactic. So, I mean, he could roll in there for his rut, or he could roll in there in October, and and you have no idea. But I do like – I love those pictures of the bucks in the water, like walking across the creeks that you were sending yeah, me. Yeah, we've got some got some really cool pictures of deer deer crossing the water and stuff so yeah they make for some cool pictures so and, and we got you know we got several different bucks on them a lot of times on the same crossing so and one thing about them being down in that creek bed is it's going to be you know it can be 15 degrees cooler down there too especially you get Absolutely. down around that water and especially in the summertime get get to humping those hills man being down in that bottom is probably where they're going to like to hang out for yep. the most part yep and I get a lot of a lot of pictures down in the creek in the water uh, midday in the summertime. Uh, you know, eleven o'clock, noon, one, two o'clock in the afternoon. I get a lot of pictures midday in those creek bottoms. Yeah, that makes summertime. you makes you feel good that you're real close to the old bed. You're like, okay, this deer is pretty close yeah. if he's up moving. Twelve, one o'clock. Yeah. We had a buck called Sunshine that homie ended up killing in eleven thirty. 
1230, 330. <laughs> we're like, man, we're right on this deer's bed. You know, he's all in the same day for like, I think we'll be having like, like eight days in a row. We had him like eight days in a row, at like 1130, 1230 on the mobile cam. Just boom, boom, boom. We we're like, man, we got this deer pegged. <laughs> but, uh, yep. but yeah, that, that's, a, that's, that's probably an awesome tip, a good place to start if you want to run cams in mountain country because, you know, early season, there's probably not a lot of scrape activity and that would probably be my go-to if i was out there but Mm -hmm. if you're looking for something to get inventory before season they're gonna they're gonna be a pretty good trail where they're crossing that creek coming in and out probably Mm -hmm. and they're leaving tracks because it's wet there and it's a good place to say okay let's see what's in the area like you said if it's kind of like a natural pinch point too because they have the steep banks so you're going to get to know kind of what's going through that area and then also you know they're going to use that as kind of a travel route later in the year anyways if they're still in the area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the creek crossings are where it's at for me on on uh, trail cams, especially summertime. Uh, I do hang trail cams on scrapes, uh, like old scrapes that I'll find when I'm out scouting in the springtime. If they're up close to a, a buck bedding or right outside of buck bedding, I'll still hang a camera, get pictures of bucks on them uh, early season, too. I mean, they may not be working the scrape, but they're still walking by, you know, checking the branch and that sort of thing, seeing what's been there. But, yeah, those, those produce pretty good. I love the picks when they got their head up in the branch or, you know, they're hitting the licking branch or, you know, they're up in the leaves. I absolutely love that. Yeah. They get all stretched out. And, you know, it kind of like elongates their body and they look really thin, you know, like even on a four-year-old deer. Um, Some of my favorite pictures have been with them up in the bush like that. Homie loves getting up in the bush. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Yeah, Yeah, the one one thing I do like about the uh, cameras on those scrapes or licking branches, whatever you want to call them that time of year, uh, is that, the you know, a lot of times on some of these crossings and stuff, I'll miss deer because they just come by too fast or whatever. Um, but on them scrapes, you usually get better pictures because they stop, check things out before they move on. So sometimes they'll just come down off the off the uh, hill or whatever and bust across the creek, and you might just get a picture of their ass or something, you know? So Yeah, I hate that. I You're like, like that, looks, that looks like a big ass, but I don't yeah. know what's attached to it on the other side. <laughs> we actually had a mobile cam on a, on a creek crossing last year, and it's we say we had it on a three shot burst and i think we should almost go to like a five because if they're it's a kind of a steep bank i'm assuming you have a lot of them and um it's like the first two are kind of blurry and then the third one he's kind of getting slowed down or he's stopped in the water because it's more open and he's checking out looking looking both ways and you might get a decent one on the third one and then you hope he stands there long enough for that delay to recover and then get him again before he starts really picking up speed, trying to get his ass out of the creek. Right. So that might be something if we put a cam back there yeah. um, to keep in mind that we do change for this year. Try to get, yeah. Trying to help us out. Because, I mean, you know it's a good buck, but sometimes, like, at night is really the issue. Yeah, you get the blurry night. But yeah. when they're moving at night, those Absolutely. cameras have a hard time. The, not they have a blur. longer shutter, so it catches with the more movement, and yeah. it's not as crisp. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes on them creek crossings as well, you can't get a camera right down on them, you know, so it's kind of, your camera's a lot of time is, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards away from actually where the buck's crossing, so, yeah, them nighttime pictures can be kind of kind of tough to make out sometimes, unless he's right up on, in the camera, you know, within 
10, 15 foot of the camera. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, if you're just so. trying to say that there's a buck in the area, then you're probably all right. But if you're looking for the deer, yeah, it could be it could a be a pain hard. in the ass. Yeah, and I'm, I've never been like the type to hunt a specific specific buck. Um, I just want to know that what I'm after is living in that area. Uh, you know, usually a 140, 150 inch, at least 140, 50 inch uh, deer is living in the area. And, you know, I usually got several of them living in the area. And then I kind of get to know them through cameras. And then when I'm out hunting, I, I see them. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's this buck or this is this buck. He's a shooter. This buck's not, you know. So I, I kind of recognize them that way. If I have to make a split-second decision on a deer, you know, I don't mess up and shoot a shoot a 120-inch buck or something, you know. Yeah, you got trail cam pictures of them, so you know. It's a bad thing. It's yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, you know kind of what it's you got not, going. Yeah. I know that a lot yeah, of the yeah. pictures you were sending me, you did elevate them. Is that your elevate them to try to get the angle of them crossing that creek? Maybe you didn't have the right tree or? Yeah. Um, the one on that, I think the picture I sent you was that buck with the big brow, tall brow tie. Yeah. Yeah, that was up on the, there was actually a little island in the creek right there. And it was up about six foot maybe uh, on a tree right on the point of that island catching that crossing. And, uh, so yeah, that camera was probably a good, good eight or ten foot above the creek. Yeah, it looks like I, I like to hang. I like to hang them out of the line of sight, anyhow, of the deer. So I like to hang them at least seven foot high, and then um, a lot of times I'll hang them higher, especially if there's you know other hunters in the area. If it's like a high traffic area that other other hunters are going to be in, I'll hang them higher just to you know try to keep them, them out of the them. eye of the sight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to lose yeah. a memory card or a camera, but it seems to no, happen. No, I mean, it's going to happen, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've probably had four or five cameras stolen this year and several uh, SD cards taken out of them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it happens, but I just try to minimize it as yeah. I can. I did. I do really like how you get your up and your angle down, and you get that walking away pick, and you get that real nice frame oh. backside frame pick. You're like, oh yeah, that's the shot. It's just yeah. like when a chick walks by, you're like, that's the shot right there. <laughs> you get that back shot on the rack. You're like, yeah, that's that's what I like to see. Really get a good idea. They always look bigger from the back. Way bigger. They're always way, like, way bigger. Big. When, they're, when they're running away, oh, you're like, ooh, that was maybe bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a little misleading, that's for sure. Yeah. He's coming in on the side. You're like, ah, man, I don't know. He turns. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Magnum <laughs> running away last year. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But uh, so when you're picking these buck beds out, we hunt some buck beds. Is there anything that you're like, okay, yeah, there's a, the, the, there's a good buck in this. Is there any deterring factor to decide, like, you know, I'm sure you walk past, you know, 20 30 different beds is there anything that you're like okay this is a hot bed this is something that a, a nice buck's using um you're are you like how do i determine if it's a bed that a like a mature buck's using versus a smaller buck yeah is that what you're kind of asking yeah. me um you know if you look at enough beds eventually you just run into one you're like that, that right there's a big bed um i mean i couldn't tell you like size dimensions or anything like that but the main thing i'll look for is maybe a historic sign are you there hang on yeah can you hear me yeah i can hear you go ahead 
Keep ripping. Little technical. Oh, that zoomed up. Oh, are you mm-hmm. muted now? You're muted now. <laughs> technical difficulties of a podcast. This is normal stuff for us. It is, it is very normal. Yeah. You guys normally don't get to listen to all this. There's I know. We're just going to keep it rolling here. <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was way faster yeah. than the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it lost service or yeah. what. But, um, so, I mean, yeah, you, anyhow, you've, you've hunted enough and seen bucks leave them that you know, okay, this this buck was using this yeah, bed. Yeah, I mean, I can, the biggest thing I look for in the bed is, a, is the track. I mean, usually the bed's... Uh, wore down and there'll be a you know I'll just look at the size of the track and a lot of times I'll look at a historic sign uh, in the area you know does this does this location have what a big buck needs to live here uh, good security cover uh, usually in the hill country they're going to be up on a vantage point next to some heavy cover or in the heavy cover I, I, I feel like in uh, the summer months when they're in velvet they kind of stay out of the thick stuff they're kind of more out in the open a little bit, but they're still going to be on the edge, uh, out on the edge of that cover. Um, but, you know, it's just, there's a lot of different variables, and I don't get it right all the time. Uh, yeah, that's why you're running that enough, cam there. To, yeah. 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 I mean, I find, enough, I find enough beds that eventually I get a couple of them right, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it yeah. takes us. We got a, we got a, like, 98 mess-ups, two decent Okay, you had a shot. We're decently right, but yeah, that that I mean, I would have to do the same thing. Okay, I think this is a good bed. Let's run a camera, and like you said, you're leaving it there all year, which is a huge, a huge tip to do because then you know, okay, there wasn't anything in October, but there was a buck using this, you know, in November, and I could come in here and hunt him. And if he makes right. it, he's going to be doing the same thing. And I don't know if it's the same for big woods, but it, it is around here. If you find an area that holds big bucks, is there normally, like, if you take one out, is there normally another buck that kind of moves in that area and takes it over? Um, most of the – usually if I find one one good buck, uh, there'll be at least two or three others living right in the same area. Um, and some of them will travel – I think it's just like where their uh, home ranges kind of overlap each other. And I'll find two, three, four good bucks in one area, but then I'll have another camera this to the west or whatever, another camera to the east, and I'll have one of those bucks on the camera to the east and one of the bucks on the camera to the west, but, you know, some of the the other bucks might not be on this camera and other bucks might not be on this camera, so... Like, it's like they go different directions. It seems like I'm just, like, finding them right where that home range overlaps. And these bucks, are they kind of go their own separate ways after that because I'll pick them up on other cameras. And then some bucks I, I won't even have on that camera, but they'll be on another camera the other direction. So Yeah. They're all kind of grouped yeah. up there early in the year, and then they're kind of making their own thing. But they're all comfortable in that area to kind of work that edge. Yeah probably trying to avoid each other a little bit you know and not not run into the, the other each other but still want to be in that area with, with where the does are you know with uh right. with yeah. you keying in on buck beds the way that you are um as far as your scouting you said you kind of scout all year round as far as your scouting goes like after season's over are are you putting your cams in those areas for postseason 
that you scouted postseason first or are you kind of starting out on the edge or like the creek crossings first and then working back? Um, I usually go right into the, the beds I scouted first and get cameras up. And that um, right after season? Uh, I, well, I usually just leave my cameras up year round. Like this year, I didn't take my cameras down until, and I took, I took the last one down during turkey season. So that was April. Yeah. Um, so the, the, most of the beds and stuff that I found last year scouting or had cameras on them up through April. And then this spring scouting, you know, I got some new, new, new areas with new buck beds and stuff that. I'm going to be getting in and getting cameras up on real soon. But, like, a lot of the spots that I already know, you know, I, it's just walk in, drop a cam, because I already know where to put it. But, you know, there, I, I'm kind of going on to some unfamiliar territory this year a little bit, too, trying to expand and see what else I can find. But, yeah, I usually target them bug beds first just to get in, get out. And then, I mean, because if you, them creek crossings, you can go ahead and hang cam anytime. You can walk up, up and down them creeks and not disturb anything. So, yeah, I try to get get in and get out on them buck beds when I'm hanging cams. That, that's something that I really like um, and, and starting to like more and more the more I do it is um, getting into like a new spot or a new area or even a new property to a point just because you, you have a clear you have a clear mind about anything that's going on. You don't have any past history to kind of get you in a rut and then you're stuck in that rut. I, I like having that fresh outlook on everything and be like, okay, and kind of evaluate yourself as like a hunter. Like how long is this going to take me to figure out here before I can get on, on a good one or find a good one here and just kind yeah, of see where you're at as a hunter too. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I am. I'm, I don't know. I like, I like to test myself, see what I can, see what I can do and I get kind of bored with with a you know if I kill a buck and or a couple of deer in one spot I get bored with that and I'll go try something new you know I mean I don't know I just I just get I just get bored <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh, make you I better wanna, you know I want to continue I mean not to say that like just because I kill a couple bucks in an area that I got it figured out or this or that but like all right I'm gonna go try something new maybe in a couple years I'll come back and try this try this area out again but yeah i just i just like keep trying new things all the time i think that's the best thing to do you know if you kind of get it get something new you definitely have to rethink and reevaluate and like my old lease i had that sucker so figured out that mm-hmm. i kind of stopped with the learning curve you know i just had more encounter with deer which helped me just you know kill deer ki- you know kill deer and stay more chill and you know be able to rattle with them and grunt and get the reactions and stuff that way but so kind of getting into early season hunting here a little bit so we're we're targeting these buck beds um so you're are you doing one big cam pool before season and collecting data and then deciding what move you make yep yep that's i most of the time i don't even make it to all my cams before season comes in uh but i get to the majority of them so i'll pull pull them all check them and see see what I got, see which uh, bedding areas the bucks are using and that sort of thing. And then uh, I usually do that about three weeks before season, I would say, before season. Our season comes in the last Saturday in September. So usually about the first of September, I'm in pulling cams and starting to starting to figure out what I got to deal with 
and where these bucks are living that time of year. Man, the chance at a velvet buck is just something. Yeah, you're just right on the edge. <laughs> yeah. You're like right uh, on the edge of velvet. No, uh, velvet. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah. In Ohio, we don't. Bucks usually shed their velvet about the first week of first second week of September. They're usually out of velvet, so. Yeah, I've never killed a velvet. I mean, I killed a velvet buck in Kentucky last season. But I've yeah, never killed it's a badass. Yeah, yeah. absolute yeah. smoke shot on that thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I think didn't have a chance. That was an absolute smoke shot on that buck, too. It was absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was was a lot bigger than I actually thought he was after I found him. It was pretty wild. Uh, I thought he was like 100 and maybe 140-inch deer max. But when I walked up on him, he just had had huge main beams and uh, super massive antlers, so. I was, yeah, that's the first time I ever killed a buck, and he was bigger when I got to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> velvet would trip me out too. I'd be yeah. like, ah, this thing just looks bigger than it is because it's in velvet. You right. know, that's what they always do to me. I swear, when they lose velvet, it's like thirty inches. It's oh, gone. it's an ass load. <laughs> it's an ass load. Thirty inches is just wiped off. You're like, all right, that 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 looks like a one fifty. No, it's a one twenty. <laughs> I will say, the more people I meet, oh, and yeah. the and the more like I follow these velvet um, states, like. There's some deer getting shot late as hell in September. It's still got velvet yeah. on. I'm like, man, like usually here, like the cutoff, it's, I feel like it's a hard cutoff of like September 12th. Everybody's yeah, out. Yeah, September 12th, out. everybody's out. Hard yeah. horn. But man, there's like, I know the last two years, like September 23rd, 24th in Kentucky. I know one guy here that shot one at all full velvet, like October 3rd. Yeah, my dad worked with a guy and he yeah. shot one in shotgun season full velvet. Oh, well, and that, it was that, a buck. It yeah, was a that, legit buck. And that had totally some weird, weird I mean, shit going. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty pretty wild because I, I had a cell cam on him and I was getting pictures of him and I was just I had about two days left to hunt him I'm like man just stay in velvet I you know <laughs> yeah I've never killed a velvet deer <laughs> but uh, I was down there hanging out with uh, Cameron Deerfield and he had guys in camp hunting uh, I got a little seventy acre farm down there and not far from well it's actually I lease it off the same people that he gets land to hunt from so nice. uh, he he had like five bucks killed in the first week yeah he was outfitting he was crushing it down there not, yeah. Not a, yeah not a not a single one was in velvet no <laughs> that uh yeah. the one with the curly crew drop had some velvet hanging but he was even out i was like man that that curly q yeah. thing is gonna have velvet on it for sure if they can get him and clean well, <laughs> so. yeah i don't yeah that's and then they they shed it quick, so I don't. Yeah, he was he was knocking them out. I'm like, man, they got another one down and another one down. It was awesome to see that he had an incredible year down there, just yes, smoking some solid bucks. So, but yeah, yeah, you, he you, did. you guys got her figured out down there. We've been talking about that. Like, if there was any out of state whitetail hunt that would really trick a trigger, would be of you know that early early season down there. I don't know. Are they gonna? How many years are they gonna do that? Have they decided, or is it gonna be a for sure thing? Or no, that, that's uh, that's Tennessee with the Tennessee. Super early, yeah. Oh yeah, Tennessee's a super early one. That just started last year, right? No, it was two two years, two, two years. or three years. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, that was actually actually the first first deer I killed out of out of state oh, in really? my life. Nice. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Can't beat that. So, uh, yeah, I, that was my fifth, fifth sit on him. I, I finally got him. So nice. I don't know if it was luck or I did 
did something right or yeah what, well what you're in there right? <laughs> yeah whatever it is we, we think that yeah. that early archery for tennessee is super early but like the next week south carolina or north carolina has a muzzle season, season. Yeah. i was like yeah. i learned yeah. about that last year i was like you gotta be kidding north me. carolina muzzle season <laughs> september 12th yeah. you're like hell yeah sign me <laughs> up <laughs> i got a chance <laughs> well, a couple years ago in ohio they they had a uh, muzzle season middle of october and it was uh antlerless only and i'm like so I, I wasn't even allowed to go out with a bow and shoot a buck during that that uh i think it was like two or three days damn that's i'm like this makes no sense it's the middle of october and no one's allowed to shoot a buck this makes no sense yeah that does <laughs> so, make no sense my they, luck they, i think yeah. i think yeah i think enough people were uh, on their ass about that that they got rid of it so. my luck my shooter would be daylight three days in a row <laughs> yeah daylight daylight <laughs> like, super badass cold th- yeah. front <laughs> then you'd leave the area <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our bucks do I mean, that I'm too. I'm all about filling the freezer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not passing a 160 walking by. You yeah, know? you're like, I can only shoot does right now, but man, this <laughs> 160 looks tasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're finding the creek crossings and you're you're pulling your cams and you're making a move and you're hunting buck bedding first day of season. That's your go-to in the big woods is to try to get right on buck, those beds. Buck. Yeah, that's that's my goal. But I don't I don't always uh, come through, but that's what I try to do. And yeah, it took me it took me a couple weeks to get on to get on bucks last year, so I kind of started had a rough start. What's the is there a light switch kind of effect where they when they shed do they really change up what they do in the big woods? Because I know farm country for us they completely change everything that they do when yeah. they shed velvet. Yeah, yeah, they do because the food sources are changing big time. To do about the time they're shed, shedding velvet, um, they, they kind of switch from like in those creek bottoms. There's a lot of vegetation and stuff, clear cuts, and but in about the time they shed velvet, them acorns start dropping. Yeah, that'd definitely make them switch. Those acorns drop. That that might be a lot of ours too. Is they shed velvet and the first cold snap comes through and then they start dropping acorns start dropping just mm-hmm. a little bit in a few random spots and then they're vanished and it might be like the switch okay the acorns are dropping we got to go nocturnal i would say because <laughs> even on the lease like they, yeah. they, they were gone until that fl- oak flat was fire yeah you know and then that's when you know the oak flat's fire because the de- all the deer are there yeah all the deer are there so yeah definitely and the, and the- you know, a lot of times a buck can just lay in his bed there and not have to really go anywhere to find acorns or dropping all over him. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like they don't they they don't really move far. Uh, once they shed their velvet, they you know they kind of hang out close to bedding until uh, it gets dark. So have, that's why I try to you know try to slip in as close as I can. And, and in the big woods, it's pretty tough pretty tough to slip in on a buck bed in the big woods. Yeah, I could I, say that know, they'd be elevated and. Yeah, and have the advantage of the yeah, side and the, and the you wind. Know, the, it's usually hot and dry, and the leaves are, you know, crunchy and noisy, and it's, it's tough. But I just get as close as I think I can get without bumping him out. Sometimes it might be seventy-five, hundred yards. Sometimes it might be two hundred and fifty yards. You know, so just get as close as I can get. What one thing that we always hear a lot of other hunters talk about, and something that we put a lot of effort into but just can't seem to get it pinned down is 
getting a buck on a pattern and just like we're talking about this shift going through velvet it seems like we can maybe get a little um, recognition on a pattern but then as soon as that velvet sheds and they go nocturnal on us it is a wild chase from there until the end of the year um, have you been able to get anything on a pattern as far as a buck maybe approaching his bed or coming out of his bed or just repeatedly using a bed on certain conditions um man the the hill the big woods bucks are tough man they they uh they don't stick around in one bedding area for long seems like they'll be they'll bounce around to you know that in their within their home range or whatever you know they'll have several different ridges and they'll just be on this ridge one day and this ridge the next day and this ridge two days later it's just it is tough to pattern them i did uh pattern uh one big 10 point i had on camera i knew exactly where he was bedded up in this drainage and every time i, I wanted to go hunt him i just didn't have the conditions i didn't i didn't know much about the area other than right where he was bedded and that side of the ridge and the creek but i had to hunt him on the south any sort of south wind and every time i had the opportunity to go hunting i never had the wind to get in there to do it so i slipped in there a couple times um but i did i did see him one time but and that was late october early november but he was a pretty predictable deer i had him on coming out of that bedding uh there's like uh two levels on this ridge so there would be a bench up high and a bench down low by the creek and he'd come out of that bedding and walk down that bench and you know i had him daylighting a lot and then i'd get him you know three four in the morning walking back up that bench towards bedding so i had him like that for about three weeks or so on that pattern and i just never could capitalize never could get the conditions to go in and capitalize on him so yeah he probably knew that he was like ah oh. I'll move in on I'm, here. Yeah, I'm not just a south wind. Cool. <laughs> no one's been in here bumping yeah, me around yet. Yeah, and I I wanted to get in there so bad because it it was you know it was a easy walk. It was like a less than a quarter mile from the road, like 200 yards from the road. So you know, it was. I mean, I just, I just never had luck to get the conditions to do it. So I, I whenever like I get a um, mobile cam pick or if i'm just pulling cars here and going through them at the house like i will pretty much always look at what the wind is doing and be like okay especially if it's daylight like could i have went there and hunted and killed this deer right now and and i tell you how many times like it's 90 percent no yeah because the wind the wind's wrong like he, he would have busted me and he, then he wouldn't even been on cam mm -hmm. so that is something that that i do it's I, just to see like okay if i was out there right now would i have got it done yeah because you get that pick and you're like man yeah. should have been there yeah should have been there <laughs> and then you look at the wind and you're like oh yeah it's 12 mile an hour northwest yeah. well right to him yeah never would have went there so and i you know like on that buck i i feel like he was only bedded there on the south wind so if there was a north wind or a uh, east wind i i just didn't know where he was bedded at so i didn't I, i'm not talking I don't really like to just take blind chances at things. Um, every once in a while I will, but, you know, I like to have confidence when I go in there that he's bedded here and, you know, this is the way he's coming out of there. So, 
Are you doing yeah, mostly? If I, just, uh, if, I, if I have no confidence, I'm just sitting there, you know, ready to leave. But yeah. yeah. So. You're doing mostly yeah. hanging hunts since you're bumping around in beds, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, hanging bangs, all you know, pretty much every sit. I, I usually don't hunt the same bed more than two or three times a year. Uh, just depends. Uh, you know, I'll do some camera pulls during season as well and see what my cameras tell me and you know if, if, this, if i'm not saying i strictly hunt the cameras but you know i'll, I'll kind of go in the areas that i'm picking up bucks on cam so yeah we do the same thing changes, man. It, yeah it, it changes throughout the year i mean some some cameras are hot at certain times and you know so I'll, i bounce around a lot so you know if it's, i'm if i'm super confident in a spot you know, I might hunt it more than three times, but, you know, i, I got to be super confident and know that deer's there. And that's usually not the same tree. I'll usually come in a little different angle or something or, you know, try try something different on him. And then he'll probably end up doing what I, you know. Yeah, what you thought he would do last time you were in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it normally goes but i did like a little earlier you said about there being quite a bit of vegetation around those creeks because that is kind of probably a, a more open area get a lot more sunlight down there so in that early season i bet you there is a lot of browse around there so that would be a good place just to catch a buck on trail camera yeah, even uh, even not on just the pinch point just in the creek in general yeah that's one of the things i was kind of messing up on uh early last year is that those bucks were bedded down in the bottom in that vegetation um in that area in that specific area where i sent you the picture of that buck crossing the creek but um you know most of the time in hill country they're going to be bedded up high and those bucks were bedded down low it was super the creek bottom is i mean it's super thick in the summertime uh, just vegetation growing everywhere and there was kind of a almost like an oxbow in the creek and it was like a peninsula that came out off this ridge and they were i think they were bedded because i got them on that creek crossing going onto that peninsula a lot and they were bedded right on there uh, down low and i just you know i kept hunting high trying to catch them out of bedding high but they were they were down low so i kind of screwed up early season last year on that that aspect yeah that's where we found sunshine was right on the backside of oxbow bedded up in some thick stuff so when we end up after the shot we end up finding him he was bedded up right on the back side of that oxbow you know in the right up against the log i think that's a really good place they feel pretty comfortable and like homie was saying it's probably cooler down there they got all the vegetation yeah. food they need they got the water real close they're not moving a lot so in my mind it would be really hard to get pictures of bucks in the big woods in summer because you don't have an ag source that they're really going to so you either got like some really hot ass acorns that you found or a scrape or like you said i never really thought about creeks but if i ever am in big woods country that's what i'm going to go to like okay we're getting this creek we'll find a good crossing i'm going to hang a cam this this thing if we didn't have like yep. soybean fields here yeah like, it would be a a totally different summer game you yeah know? it'd be a way different summer game yeah but yeah i mean we could we could utilize that creek thing even for mm -hmm. us kind of yeah. on the south public i mean that's kind of a more woody area if we walked up that creek long enough we're gonna find a really good crossing yeah and who's to say Absolutely. that 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 buck last year we seen um 
Who's because he was right down? Yeah, can down he come out creek. of there. So yeah, he's he to say bedded. where he was bedded at. He could have been exactly bedded right, right on that creek. Could have been. So that that's a good thing to think about. Try to get back in there on yeah. that creek, back in the cover. When I was in there, I was in there scouting in the summertime, and I, uh, I think was hang, hanging cameras or something, and I, you know, I just, bottom. It's it's to walk through. You're just staring at the ground the whole time, ducking under brush, but. I ran right into a giant bed and I down and it was right on that peninsula and I just didn't really pay no attention to it. I'm like, I was just a deer late here or whatever. And then, cause I, you know, I'm just caught up in the same, you know, what everyone says, bucks are bedded up on the upper third and this and that. And then, then it finally clicked. Like I was in there late season, everything was uh, dead down in that Creek bottom. I was just sitting there looking, pulling a camera out that had died on us, and I was just sitting there looking, and I'm like, man, them bucks were bedded right on that oxbow in that creek, out on that out on that point. And it made perfect sense, but I could see it, you know, I could see it there when everything was dead, and it just all clicked, so. Yeah, that's another good tactic. You know, you're in there in the summer scouting. Go back in there in the winter, and it, that thing looks completely different, you know. Yeah. It might even look different Absolutely. than you hunted it in November. There's just... Mm-hmm. nothing there and you can get a really good idea of what the hell you actually got going on and uh like the our main piece of public from winter to summer it is drastically different it's like completely different ground because yeah, it's a lot of grass yeah. and that grass gets kind of flat and in the summer it's nipple deep you know so <laughs> it's it's a way different game when you're got flat grass to nipple deep grass you can really start to see a lot more of the sign and a lot more of the layout of like okay that would make sense for because we got one spot just a grassy spot right up on a point giant bed there all the time Mm -hmm. i'm like there's literally no way to hunt this deer there's literally the only way we could hunt him is where i killed last year you're just hunting him hoping that he comes that direction because you're not back door in that no there's there's absolutely no way so yeah, we we've been we talked about. Man, we just need to get a camera right on there. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't yet. Maybe we need to do that right on that point on that bed and just boom. Yeah, we just yep. need to go out there every day. Yeah, go out there every day and fly the drone. Oh yeah, yeah, fly the drone back there. Back, like, all right, what's bedded back here? <laughs> <laughs> just saves about three miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One mobile cam and then a drone for good measure. So. Will the drone make it that far and back? Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, our new ones, Primo. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'm. I was like I said, I was out in West Virginia and I was looking at those hills and the creeks and I was just like, I don't even know where I would start. And there was ag there, so I was like, well, I mean, I I, I don't know if it's all deer hunters that do that, but when I'm driving. <laughs> I was on a family vacation. I'm looking at the timber like, how would I set up over here? We we passed this weird uh, strip mine ground today. And oh, I was like, yeah. there's probably a buck bedded right up on top of that knoll right there. <laughs> right on the back of this lake. Yeah, right on the back yep. side of this lake. That's perfect spot. You know, you're, you're all, your mind's always thinking about, how would I cruise up in there? Oh. I was like, oh, the wind would be doing this. And Nobody's <laughs> been in there for 10 years. It's probably a mega yeah, living yeah. right there. I'm like, the wind would be doing this if you were there on the north. And uh, I don't know if everybody does that or it's just me and homie, but we're trying to. But I was thinking uh, that in I, the big woods. I drive, and, every farm I pass, I, I'm dry, when I'm driving down the road, every farm I pass, I'm looking at it like, could be a buck bedded here, it could be a buck bedded there. I was like, I'd like to go check it out. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, always, I'm always looking at it like, that looks like a perfect spot for a buck to bed. Yeah, I'd know? like to test my theory. We, uh, yeah. we, we did that last year. 
we were like, man, if a buck would be better, to be redded right there. We took three more steps, jumped up a buck. Yep, 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 100%. <laughs> we were like, we knew it. We knew it was there. We just yeah. didn't. We couldn't trust. see him without, yeah. like, not knowing he was there. Yeah, you we know? just couldn't trust our gut and just we, set we were up. We just starting to feel like, man, it feel like getting kind of bucky. Yeah, you know? it's getting, and then, yeah. And then, boom. No shit. Three <laughs> seconds later, boom. I'm like, damn it. We knew it was right yep. there. Yep. But yep. now you... You messed it. You jumped that deer, but you put it in your back of your head. Like, okay, there's a buck bedded here this time of year, so I know that potentially there's going to be another buck bedded back in that same area. You know, the following year. So just standing there, yeah. bullshit and talking. Yeah. And then we said that. Yeah. And then it yeah, happens. just standing there talking about man, there's probably a buck bedded right up on that. P- <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I mean, I mean. Judging by the historical sign in most of these areas, like bucks, bucks are in there every single year and have been for a long time. So, I mean, you might find one here and there that doesn't have the historical sign, but most of the time, if it's a good bedding area, the the historical sign is going to be there. Big rubs, you know, coming out and that sort of thing. So, So I just like to go back to what Cody and I were talking about. We did jump that deer. Uh, It was probably a two-year-old. Would you have went over to that bed and looked at it? And do you think we should have, or should we not have because we would have left scent there? Or should we have went over there to try to get some information of like what a deer bed looks like from that size of a deer? Um, I mean, if I see a buck jump up and I know exactly where he's bedded, I'm probably not walking over to his bed. Um, I mean, if you wanted to find out some more about him, then you probably should have, you know. It might have been a good idea to get uh, up there and look over where we were at and see how we could access it and him not see. We were like... But he was on was, that cliff. It was one of those times we were like, we need to be set up 12 minutes ago. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> You're like trying to find yeah. the spot. It's getting late. You're like, man. And, uh, but yeah, we should... We just come from them hot-ass scrapes trying yeah. to work back to where we thought the bucks were bedding and then kicked him up. It's probably a satellite buck. Should have went 50 more yards and set up. Killed. Well, we didn't kick two does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> satellite most does. Bed, yeah. Most of the beds I, I find are, uh, you know, they're not super noticeable, a lot of them, because I find out that a lot of the bucks will bed in the same area, but they might bed 50 yards this way one day or 50 yards the other way one day or a little lower elevation the next day or a little higher the next day. So they kind of just bounce around that one area. Uh, every once in a while I run across a good a bed that's just like, you know, you could spot it from 50 yards away. It's just a complete down to the dirt, you know. Uh, but most of the time in the hills, I find that they just kind of bounce around a, a bedding area. They don't really lay in the same bed all the time. Yeah, they got a good area where they know they're safe and they, you know, maybe the winds are... 18 degrees to the left to like i'm gonna go 100 100 yards right. down here and chill right. <laughs> so um speaking of the wind one thing i wanted to ask is we are um learning that just because the wind is out of what is say the east doesn't mean where you're hunting it's going to be coming out of the east it'll get down there and swirl or it'll be bouncing off of this hillside coming wrapping around and it might actually be more west westerly um with it being the big hills like that out there, is the wind stay pretty true, or does it kind of depend on what side of the slope you're on, or what's the wind kind of doing out there? You, you sit in a stand, and the wind will hit you from every direction. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough. Um, 
I try to play the thermals more than anything. So uh, I try to get in the mornings. I try to get up high, up above them, the best I can. I don't. I don't really do many morning hunts early season though. Uh, I don't. I usually don't start hunting mornings till about the last last uh, week of October. Um, but in the evenings, I'll just try to, you know, I'll try to just kind of work my way in. Uh, usually later in the evening to where, you know, the thermals are starting to come down on the shady side. You know, I'll try to, usually I'm on the shady side of the hill in the evening. So uh, I'll try to try to get in there and wait for the sun to go down and then set up and let them thermals drop. And if you're in the creek, uh, a lot of times, you know, they, it works out because they'll just drop right into the creek and kind of shoot downstream. Yeah, so, that's something that, yeah, but I mean, wind, thermals, we play them a little bit, but for you guys, it ha- it has to be huge. But that might be a good yeah. idea on the ridge, on the main ridge that we hunt. It's pretty steep, you know, mm-hmm. and we know that that bottom's cooler in the morning, so the thermals are going to be ripping up there more than we think that they are. And the right side of it's hella steep. Yeah. So, I mean... And it's got that ravine where it can just swoop. Yeah, swoop if you get down. a west wind, be swooping right Need in like there. a straight south. Hard yeah. south would be pretty solid. Well, we had a hard south, but it was coming it was, like east on us. Yeah. Dang bulls. One, one, thing, one thing to just note down is, and we mentioned that in earlier podcasts after season, is like that's one thing we learned is just, you know, when you're out there scouting be mindful of what the wind is but be mindful of also where the wind is that you're hunting or scouting yeah. and, and bank that because you can get in a situation like that because we we're going to set up and we're like well the wind's not doing what it's supposed to be doing right now and then a do- and then a doe blew at us yeah, like, oh, God, yeah hate that <laughs> i mean i i pay attention to wind direction because that that kind of is going to pretty much determine where the deer's going to bed um but then once you get in there, you know, it, it could be swirling every which way. But I try to, you know, I usually, in the, like I said, in the mornings, I try to get up high to where my thermals are pulling pulling up above them. And then in the evenings, I'll, I mean, I usually just get try to get right below them, you know, as close as I can. I don't I don't like sitting straight, straight down in the bottom because the wind does swirl real bad in the bottom. But uh, if I can get up like halfway, halfway up the ridge and say they're bedded, three quarters of the way up that's kind of where i'll try to set up in the evenings about halfway up nice all right man well i i appreciate you coming on dude i've i've learned a ton about the big woods and then not only about that is learned some stuff that we might utilize you know getting down in that creek Creek, we noticed that last year when it was hot it was a lot cooler down there and stuff you should notice but you don't really notice it until you actually live it and you're like oh yeah it's cooler down here and then how the wind reacted there and if we could hunt that and just hunt it all on that so on that main trail where they're traveling on the ridge hunt the north side in the morning so it goes up hunt the south side on the evening when it goes you know down or hunt the south side down there on the flat where those scrapes are all the way on the bottom in the evening you know try to get the wind to go out into that cattail swamp yeah. so definitely some good most of the time it works most of the time it works out good because we have a predominantly west west southwest wind here so the sun sets in the west, so you know that that east side where the buck would typically bed is going to be the thermals are going to start dropping on that side first. So usually sets up sets up like that most of the time. Not always, but usually I'm hunting that shady side in the evening. So nice, yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. 
All right, guys. Well, there is a Big Woods Trail Cam early season hunting podcast for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I took a lot of good yeah, intel yeah. from that to try to, to use in not hill country. Some, so. Yeah, some similarities and, you know, some, some differences. Yeah, definitely, definitely some stuff to try. And, you know, I, we've never really ran it right on a buck bed mm. trail cam. So there that's his tactic guy's been super successful so we were close last year though yeah yeah we were <laughs> we, close we did have so. one in the vicinity so um oh like we always say we love you guys try to do the right thing try to leave a legacy and white till legacy is out <laughs>